0: (laughs) hello and welcome back this is the red rum and red wine podcast this is your host Kristen
1: and your other host sarah what's up
0: what is up oh my gosh there are actually people Mm -hmm. out there in the podcasting realm listening to us this is actually insane to think about
1: thank you so much for giving us a chance and hopefully for sticking around.
0: Yes, we, it's definitely more than the two downloads that I was anticipating, including you and me downloading them ourselves, mm-hmm. so yeah. much better than we anticipated, and yeah, can't wait to see where it goes. <laughs> yes.
1: What speaking are you... Speaking of... Oh, oh. So I was just about to ask you, speaking of where it's going,
0: what are you drinking? I am drinking serendipity from grape 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 creek. My <laughs> mom is a member there. She's a wineaholic and has a little like membership there and she gets wine mm. every month and oh my god it is this is actually one of my favorite bottles from them. It's wow. really really good. Very smooth. Is it-
1: a subscription place online or is it a local
0: place? You know, I probably should have figured that out. I wanna That sounds say, awesome. Yeah, I wanna say that it's just a Texas vineyard and I don't think that you can get it in store. Ooh. Mm. Sorry, I'm promoting a wine that I don't think you can drink. But if you're in mm-hmm. Texas, I do believe that you can drink it, and it is very good. I freaking love it. What about you, Sarah? Wow. What, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Ugh. I looked at the name of the bottle when I was pouring my glass so that I could tell you that. But I already forgot, because it's not the cheap wine I get from Walmart. It's the cheap wine from Albertsons. So, Is it's the one like I don't Walmart? normally get. It Albertsons, yeah, it's like a mm, but it's not like a Walmart. It's like a mm, Whole Foods but not as
0: like a nice Walmart.
1: Holy. Yeah, it's a market so they don't have like the clothes and so shoes there's like and not stuff. a
0: church in it.
1: Right. You <laughs> <laughs> can't spend the night. Um,
0: <sighs> Or yeah, people, it's. Are you still there? <laughs> are you still listening?
1: <laughs> it's just me, like a, like a, like a, <laughs>
0: like a, like a. I'm trying
1: to think of another grocery store to compare it to. Honestly, like a Kroger, like one that's in. Yeah. Do you know pretty much like a Kroger?
0: I only know that from yeah. South Carolina, or like um, a Piggly Wiggly.
1: Yeah, kind of. It, it's kind of like a nicer grocery store because we other we have other grocery stores but they're kind of more like so maybe like a trader grocery store yeah except it's not all organic they have Mm. the better organic options along with you know the cheaper stuff yeah well anyways
0: this is not your grocery recommendation podcast this is a murder podcast by the way just to (laughs) let you know for those who are clicking on for the first time Uh, yeah a good thing that we have wine because today's case scared the shit out of me last night doing some last minute research for this thing and literally almost died five times in my sleep it was Ooh. not a good time so i can't wait it's gonna be good i'm i I'm can't little... wait
1: for a bad time
0: <laughs> yeah speaking of so It reminds me that we actually are doing a new thing three episodes in. I know we're already switching it up. (laughs) So on our Instagram, go watch me embarrass myself. The cover art that we have for our photos was actually done by yours truly. The inspiration behind that cover art was actually due to today's episode, which is Bigfoot. Well... Oh, Mr. Big and Harry, what are your what are your thoughts on Bigfoot, Sarah? Are you a Bigfoot believer?
1: Um, as I mentioned before, I'm kind of a see it to believe it person, and there's not a lot of concrete proof on Bigfoot, and so I would love to believe that there's this mammal living in our world tucked away in different woodland areas and different types of terrain you know but I'd have to see one to be like hell yeah they're real
0: well have you seen that uh photo that really famous photo that everyone associates with when they yeah so I was using that photo obviously as the cover art it's like the most known thing about him so what do you think of that photo because honestly i hadn't looked at it in quite some time because Mm -hmm. bigfoot is not my thing i do like the paranormal but i'm not a big like believer in it so it's kind of funny that i'm doing this case but looking it up after so long um I mean, I know that there are, like, documentaries on it going pretty in-depth, but it looks kind of fake to me. Like, I don't know. I drew the eyes in a particular way that, honestly, it made it look like a mask. But I don't know if it's just, like, the graininess of the photo. We'll post it on the Instagram along with my beautiful self-drawn portrait of it. You'll really see the comparison when they're side-by-side. But, It's pretty grainy
1: and from... So, from far away, if I just, like, saw it in person, walking across the river like that, I might kind of believe that it's Bigfoot, but from documentaries I've seen, um, someone has admitted to dressing up in a Bigfoot costume, and he mentioned, like, yeah, zoom in on the pocket, you can see where my wallet sticks out. But it really is just kind of hard to tell with how grainy the picture is. Yeah. But you can also kind of look at where the waist is. It almost looks like a top because it has this line of It waist. almost
0: looks like they have, like, boobs in the photo.
1: Yeah. And in the documentary I saw, they referred to this particular Bigfoot sighting. They called her Miss Bigfoot or Mrs. Bigfoot. Oh, uh, so they had because, even said it was a female. Um... Well, they called her that, I'm assuming, because of the boobs.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. See, like, I don't believe in Bigfoot, but then I heard this story and I was like, well, shit, you know, something may actually be going on here. And yeah. so I decided to just drop what I was doing right away and start researching this case. And the case that I'm doing today is the... Alaskan bullworm no it's not I'm sorry it's the hairy <laughs> bushman of Portlock Alaska <laughs> I'm sorry do what's this... a bullworm have you not seen that episode of Spongebob oh
1: that where bullworm. he's wrangling the okay he's like, it's yeah. big
0: it's pink it's I think it's hairy <laughs> it's an alaskan bullworm. that's all i heard throughout researching this uh case <laughs> was like that going on repeat of my mind okay no it's fine it's just me it's just me but yeah uh shout out to mr ballin for giving me the idea of this case if y'all have never heard of him Please, please, please go check him out. We're going to lose all of our viewers to him, but this guy is absolutely awesome. He is an amazing storyteller. He is ex-military, gone, strange, dark, and mysterious. And yeah, he just has a lot of amazing cases that really intrigue you and get your attention and this is one of them i will try to link the episode that it was on down below so feel free to go check him out but uh remember that we're the ones that told you about him so stay loyal to Mm -hmm. us okay so uh alaska is as you know very rugged terrain they have fucking wild ass shows about alaska and the people that live in them so shit's rough i mean it's uh I visited there once, and it's cold. It's beautiful, but deadly as shit. Like, I wouldn't want to live there. Burr. brr. So it is also known to have a lot of Bigfoot shit go down on top of everything else. The first time we really hear of Bigfoot instances, at least from what I was seeing in my research, could definitely go way further back, but we're going to start around the 1900s. So in 1900, near Thomas Bay, there was a prospector who was actually climbing a tree in order to get his bearings and uh, find out where he is on his journey doing whatever the ish he wants to do. (laughs) And he looks over and actually sees a group of what he can only describe as big, giant, fur-covered creatures just sprinting in his direction full throttle, going at him, and he's just clinging to a tree, going, what the actual fuck is going on? What the fuck? Yeah, so now, obviously terrified, and watching these things go straight towards him, he instantly decides, okay, if I stay here, I'm dead meat, I need to get out. So he climbs as fast as he can down the tree, he jumps into the boat that he had tied next to it, and he paddles away right in the nick of time, like, as soon as he's making a clearing through the river, he is seeing those creatures appear at the tree that he was just at. Mm -hmm. Now, when he's retelling his story later on, he says that there are these big hideous creatures and he couldn't call them anything else but devils. And he was positive that if he didn't see them when he did, if he didn't make it out in the nick of time that he would not have made it out alive. So yeah, Already off to a uh, pretty terrifying start, but I mean, yeah, you can believe him, but it could also be just like a scary story that he told. You know what I mean? Like, I have some doubt. There, I'm not fully convinced that something went on. Mm -hmm. Well, our next case happens in 1920, and this happens in Nulato, Alaska, and there was a guy by the name of Albert Petka. He came stumbling into town and had all of these gashes and major wounds over him. And he's explaining that he had just been attacked by some bushman. That was the only thing that he could call it before his dogs were able to drive off this attacker. Wow. Now, unfortunately, even though he was able to get into town, there was really nothing that these villagers could have done. I mean, the damage was already done. And Petka actually later died from his injuries. So this brings a whole another layer on top of the story. I mean, this isn't some guy who's saying oh, I had a crazy experience and I narrowly missed. I mean, this guy actually died. It's hard to say like Petka used his last breath to be like, oh, I'm gonna lie and make a really scary story to scare the shit out of these people rather than say, hey, this is what really happened to me. Uh, Here in my research, I started to get a little scared. So during Mm -hmm. 1943... There's another violent attack that takes place, and this one is near Ruby, Alaska, at Del Wade, at Delwide's camp. Now, there's a guy there by the name of John Meyer, or the Dutchman, as people in town like to call him, I guess. Uh, he was actually a resident of Portlock, the town that we're going to be talking about, and he was crouching down, minding his own business, when suddenly, out of nowhere, he feels this major amount of pressure on his back, like someone just jumped on him, And then he starts feeling swings, heavy blows come to his body as someone starts attacking him. And when he looks back to try and get a glance of who is this creature on me, he sees what he can only describe as a bushman violently swinging at him. Wow. Yeah, no thanks. No, thank you. I'm good. You can get off my back now. Now, <laughs> thankfully, this guy had a dog with him too, and the dogs were able to kind of bark and able to drive off this creature that was attacking him and After the dogs were able to get him off, Meyer was able to reach his boat, he got in, and he went to the nearest village where again he goes into the village with all of these ghastly wounds on him, telling villagers that some big creature had from the woods had gone and attacked him only for the villagers to really be able to do nothing. And Meyer actually died later on from those injuries. So you have all of these random Bigfoot occurrences happening all throughout Alaska. But out of all of the occurrences that I found, the events in Portlock were by far the most terrifying and honestly revealed the most into a potential creature or Bushman or bigfoot or bullworm, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> actually existing. Before we get into the nitty, nitty blah, 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 blah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Before we get into the nitty- gritty, I got to give you a quick history lesson, okay? Can't just encourage you to drink a lot. We got to teach you some things, make you look good for Mom and dad. Portlock is located on the far southwest edge of the Kenai Peninsula. I have no idea what that means, and I'm sure neither do you, so we will post a photo of it. But if you happen to be in the Alaska area, it's not too far uh, northeast from Kodiak Island, and it is so small and tucked away that you cannot get there by car or normal travel. Some people say, like, maybe you can get there by an ATV, but the people that live in the villages nearby say no that's not possible so really the only way for you to get to this place is by boat or a bush plane and if you were to go there today you could actually still see some of the structure that was the old town of portlock and how people had left it last so mm. the first people to actually inhibit it, inhibit this island were the uh, british royal navy And the town is actually named after its captain, Nathaniel Portlock. And they hit shore in 1786. And basically, they were there in order to try and get fur needed for a private partnership that Portlock had had with two men named George Dixon and Richard Etches. And this was all under the command of King George. So they were going over to Portlock, trying to get their coin, trying to get some fur, make their way. So they only stayed about three weeks during mid-July, and all of this is in a book from 1789 called A Voyage Around the World, but more particularly the northwest of Coast America. Hmm. Yes, that's a book titled, at least the specific, oh my goodness, um, but it just basically tells, talks about the whole journey, how they anchored around Cook Inlet, and uh, which Portlock calls Cook River, and they do history stuff. By the earlier twentieth centuries, after some time has passed, in nineteen eleven, Saldovia Salmon Company had actually built its first cannery in the Lower Cook Inlet. And in nineteen twelve Fidalgo Island Packing Company had built a cannery up in Port Graham. And for those who don't know, a cannery is literally a place where they can things. <laughs> Context clues. Uh, <laughs>
1: Probably fish, yeah.
0: Yeah, probably (laughs) fish with all the salmon and fish in Alaska, yes. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. So three years later, (laughs) Portlock pops up. Finally, we get to the good stuff. It pops up as a cold storage facility for cod and halibut, and most of the villagers that lived there were uh, fishermen, lumbermen. They were miners, uh, miners like coal miners, not miner miners. Like 18 and under now, like, yeah. (laughs) Clarification. (laughs) And nearly all of them were of Russian and Alaskan uh, native descent. It was mainly known for the cannery that had happened there, but it also had a chromite mine. It had territorial boarding school for all the neighboring children in the area. And Port Lock or Port Catham, the names uh, intertwine. Either that or it was a neighboring village. I've read both theories, but either way, Portlock uh, grew. So they even got their own post office in 1921 and they officially became recognized on the census name of the United States government. So, you know, real official shit's going on. Portlock's thriving. It's getting big. People are wanting to go in. People are wanting to work. And they're starting to expand. Or starting to expand into those woods that hold maybe a creepy creature and mm. some shit starts to go down.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Did they have a portluck?
0: Huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Did they like, have a portluck? Oh, like a potluck? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Let's, you know what? We'll drink more wine until we make it funny. <laughs> Back to the terrifying and strange. So, nineteen thirty-one is the year that we are now in. Let's close our eyes and imagine. Unless you're driving, please do not do that. There is a man by the name of Andrew Camluck. He's just gone out logging. He's in the woods near Port Catham beautiful day grass is so green water's so blue you can hear it cross the path you're out there you're doing big logger shit all of a sudden your world goes black oh grass isn't green anymore water's gone what happened you don't know because you're dead (laughs) Sorry, that was so bad. I see it. I see it all. Oh, Andrew, I'm sorry. I really did you dirty with that. Okay, so Andrew goes out logging. Some other loggers eventually go out to join him, and they stumble across his dead body. It is sprawled out on the ground, and it has a large blow to the head. Now, the only type of evidence as to what could have happened was a large piece of logging equipment that had blood on it, but it was at least like 10 feet away from his body. So it's not like he could have hit his head and theoretically, I guess, like stumbled to 10 feet. Well, I mean, like in my mind, I guess he could have. It seems pretty logical, but mm-hmm. I guess the way that they're wording it. There was not a blood trail or there wasn't any yeah, evidence. a dragging
1: trail. Yeah,
0: to say, like, oh, he hit his head and then somehow got to where his body was. There's just no evidence to support it. And the funny thing about this, I know I already said it, but this is a heavy piece of equipment. And the words of the other loggers, this is a type, uh, it's a piece of equipment that you can't basically, like, pick up and hit someone over the head with, with just one person. Like you need to get a big fucking like crane in there and pick it up and then swing it over and then put it back down. And one, someone would easily notice a crane. And two, I don't think that cranes were invented just yet. Right. I don't know. 1930s
1: yeah they had some probably yeah
0: probably like a wood crane some
1: kind some kind of uh farming equipment that there is was used a, for a, machine. a wooden crane like some, that, some hamsters forklift, would have
0: ran and like powered some giant hamsters and the wood crane <laughs> where would the giant someone would have seen those giant hamsters? It's just impossible. there's no way so it's all sketchy. So around the same time that this is all going on there is an elder in town called Simon Taveniskunoff. <laughs> That's his last name and I'm sticking to it, okay? <laughs> We're going on. So he was saying that there was a gold miner, a gold miner near the town of Port Graham, which is present-day Nonwallick. Don't come for me. <laughs> And this gold miner headed out for work one day and just never returned. No one heard anything from him again. Just boop. Wow. But this isn't it. That's not all. The story doesn't end there. This is an hour-long podcast, roughly. There are multiple reports that men from this town would just go missing if they went to go hunt the Dal sheep. Gone. There's a bear that they think is responsible for all the missing people and we're going to go track it down. Gone. Mm. I got to go take a shit and the woods are the nearest thing that I can take a shit in. <laughs> gone. It's all gone. No people are just disappearing left and right. It's Snitch. getting a little insane. Yeah. So this is happening over the span of like a decade. People are just coming up, disappearing, taking shits. Can't take shits anymore. Shit's going crazy. (laughs) So there is a fisherman by the name of Tom Larson who actually ends up running into this thing. So he is out chopping wood for fish traps, doing big man shit that you do in Alaska, when all of a sudden he looks over and spots this large, hairy creature out walking on the shoreline of the beach. So freaked out, obviously knowing... Everything that's been going on in his town, all the yeah. spooky shit that's been going... He
1: probably just sees me this summer because I
0: don't shave my legs. <laughs> Is that the big Harry Bush band? No, it's just Sarah. It's just me, guys. Just Sarah not shaking. <laughs> Obviously freaked out. He decides... Instead of running away, this guy decides to run all the way home, which I... Okay, I get the logic in running home because that's where you feel safe, but he goes home to grab his rifle and then runs all the way back to confront the creature, which I'm like, why don't you just stay home? There are so many people that have been disappearing in your town and you're going to go confront it? Like, I don't think a gun, but whatever. He goes to confront it and goes to the water's edge, points the gun up, is a, has his finger on the trigger, ready to fire when... He just kind of freezes and he can't explain it in any other way other than he just like had a gut feeling not to shoot it. So he didn't shoot okay. it and let it walk away. Hmm. I think he was Proud just of him, I also... think he was trying to get some girls in town. Maybe his wife had just left yeah. him and he was a little lonely and wanted some action because Yeah. Eh, And then, like, why would the creatures stay on the beach that long? I
1: was gonna say, it was in the same spot, just waited there.
0: Yeah. And, like, apparently these... (laughs) How old was this guy? Right. I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't say. But, I don't know. These, like, apparently these creatures don't like to be seen. So it's all kind of... It's all getting sketchy. It's all Mm -hmm. sketch. There is actually an article in 1973 from the Anchorage Daily News. And this is where shit gets real. So during the height of World War II in the 1940s, there actually were rumors going around in town of bodies washing up to the shore. And not just body parts, but body parts that were violently torn to shreds. And the people that found these body parts said that there's no way like a bear could have done it. I guess like maybe where'd
1: they come from?
0: Some lagoon. They like all... in the
1: ocean or was it was a landlocked like a yeah a lagoon. I guess I think
0: yeah a lagoons like a landlock. I cannot remember. There's some TV show where the mom is trying to sell a pool, and it's like kidney pool and she's like that's such an ugly name what can i name this other than a kidney pool and then the kid goes no mom it's a lagoon and she's like oh yeah so i think that means that lagoon is enclosed long story short but yeah
1: or like um it's like a lake connected to uh i think it's like a lake. body of water by stream into lagoon possibly yeah but that makes sense. So they could be coming from...
0: Well, then I don't know because if it's like washing up onto shore, doesn't it technically need like some kind of wave? Let's fucking debunk it right here. Let's go science. Like if, how would it be able to...
1: Well, it could be maybe big enough to where it has a little shore and maybe body parts just started floating up from The bottom... Like, if said Sasquatch was using it as dumping grounds or something, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's all... Like, it's in the newspaper, so you're like, oh, I gotta believe it. But it's saying that this happened in the 40s, and it's a 1973 article, so I'm like, Oh, "Eh."
1: yeah. Okay.
0: What'd you find? I
1: don't know if you can... It's like...
0: Yeah, so it's like an enclosed little
1: oceanic little lake so it can be big enough to where it has shore
0: but then like how would it be able like do lakes have their own tide or like how would the body parts Uh be able to whatever either way some body parts were going up on shore people were freaking out crazy shit was going on on top of this there are some villagers that Uh, went out, like, to go track a moose, you know, like, Alaskan shit. So on top of this, you have some villagers that were out tracking moose over some soft ground near Portlock when they had actually talked about how they found giant, what they could only describe as, like, man-like tracks over 18 inches in length closing up on the moose tracks that they were, in fact, trying to follow. So... They're coming into the village saying like there is proof that there is something like over six feet tall, roaming around the mountains, big hairy man. And I just got to know is he single? Hell yeah! <laughs> you know what they say about shoe size, girl. Hit me up, Mister Big Hairy Bushman. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Join our Mm. Patreon so you can pay for my therapy. (laughs) (laughs) So they also find signs of a a short struggle in the grass where it's matted down. They say that there is blood everywhere and even bits of what look like boots. <laughs> moose or bear meat around the crime scene or like the little fight. So, some wild shit just went down. So, mm-hmm. something is going on. They see that the tracks as soon as the fight is over lead up to the densely fogged mountain. So, I mean, it's like something big enough to take a moose down. It's a big boy out there doing scary scary shit.
1: Yeah. Did you see that um video that went pretty viral a couple years ago about that huge moose? in the middle of a town probably in maybe alaska or maybe it was minnesota or somewhere but it was just this huge moose that was walking across the little town totally out of place but it was huge no oh Well, I'm <laughs> basically, the moose, moose, <laughs> the moose was really big. So
0: it was a really big. Well, I mean, even <laughs> even Jenny, um, I know she probably sent you the photo of when she was living out in Wyoming and she near Yellowstone National Park, and she sent that photo of that bison that was like right outside of her freaking
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: home, like huge. So, like, mm-hmm. think that. But then the moose is probably even bigger than that. So then yeah. think even like bigger than that. The huge bitch. That's a big old bitch right there. <laughs> so we have this guy uh, Brian Weed, sick last name. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's a co-founder of a group called Juno's Hidden History, and they talk about how three dozen people pretty much have like been vanished. Or were found torn to shreds or murdered in some capacity over the course of, like, a 20-year period. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: we're not... This isn't some podcast or this isn't some case where we're just, like, shits and giggles throwing some laughs around. Like, no, this is... People actually died. Like, there are actually written cases... Actual written cases of people either disappearing or dying in a mysterious circumstance and... No one has any explanation to what happened. It's just kind of like uh good luck, guys. So they decided the people of Portlock decided not good luck, guys. Actually, fuck that. If no one is going to help us out, uh, we're we're gonna leave. I uh I don't want to be here anymore. So in 1949, the residents all at one point just union you know, unanimously gathered all their shit and fucking left. Huh. They were done with that bull spit. Shit. Yeah. So, oh man, this part is so fucked up (laughs) because I don't know if this guy already, I mean, he probably already had his job at the post office, but the guy at the post office had to stay. Until, like, the post office officially closed. Which wasn't until a year later in 1950. So this poor guy is staying in this ghost town by himself. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, who did you piss off in your former life to get that job? Because holy shit. He said it was the most horrifying experience of his life. He said that he would see creatures... Walking near the tree line, he said that he would hear the most creepiest, eerie sounds at night. I... Ew, ew. Ew. No one wants to go around Portlock. It's the Alaskan hotspot of gossip. Everyone knows, like, some scary shit's going down. And if you are a resident of Portlock, you are, like, a freaking celebrity up in Alaska. There is... A woman, actually, by the name of Melania Helen Kell, who was a villager that was just a child when her parents had decided to pack their things and leave Port Catham. Melania was born on January 25th of 1934, and she had voiced and, uh, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? She... She verified the multiple events that had caused these villagers to leave, and in her words, she said that it was caused by the hands of the Nantinuck. 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 I'm saying that really bad. Mr. Ballin says it a certain way. The, uh, like, wording of it online was a little bit different. I don't know, so I'm just gonna say the Nantinuck. I'm sorry if that's wrong, but... We'll move on. Kristen doesn't know how to talk anyways. Not only was Kale, like, just some random child. She... Or, okay. So, Kale was not just some random child that had lived in the village, and I'm just bringing up for shits and gigs. Like, she actually had close ties to the events that I had just spoken about. So, Andrew Kamluk, the guy who had had that mysterious blow to the head with that large piece of equipment... That was actually her godfather. So Mm. she was related to someone that had died by the hands of whatever was roaming around Portlock. So, yeah, kind of hard to, yeah, kind of hard to.
1: Like dismiss. Dismiss. There (laughs) you
0: go. I can't fucking talk right now. It's
1: It's... okay. Hey, neither (laughs) usually can I. It's fine
0: it's a it's pretty hard to like dismiss these events that she's saying but then later on in the document uh she goes on and all sources will be mentioned down below uh but later on in the article that i was reading she starts to talk about a spirit also that haunted portlock and it was a woman uh dressed in draping black clothes and she would come out of the cliffs and she wore a dress so long that it would drag, and she had a very white face and would disappear back into the cliffs. And you know, I was laying in my bed pretty scared until I read that part. <laughs> and up until that point, I'm like, I mean, yeah. I, I get it, but Bigfoot and ghosts, I get a little yeah. weary. But
1: what if it could it could have been one of his victims, like? The ghost of one of his victims,
0: and like that's a uh, thing that I was thinking of too, maybe because I mean, over three dozen people killed—that is um, at least—that is at least a ghost or two, at least. So I know a lot of the murders that I had talked about were men, and in nowhere did I read about a woman disappearing or being murdered, but I'm sure, I'm sure there was at least one. Well, I really wasn't going to mention my disdain for that ghost comment until (laughs) I found a very interesting article about a woman named Sally Ash. Now, Miss Sally Ash over here lived in non I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, so it's fine. (laughs) But her mom was born in Dogfish Bay near Port Catham slash Portlock, however you want to look at it. And Sally would actually go on to become a translator for her cousin, Miss Melania Kale. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. What? Sally had to say about those interviews actually like fucking I was shitting my pants and then I read this and I was like oh okay so people fucking suck and that's just the way the world goes so Sally actually stated that Melania had made the entire story up well not the entire story but she made some shit up she was getting tired of people asking her if the story was true she was over the 15 minutes of fame that little limelight
1: I know you said her birthday earlier, but it makes me wonder her Zodiac
0: sign, because I didn't think about it at first. Oh, my mom is a, oh god, it's whatever my mom is. I don't know what my mom is. Fuck, I'm a bad (laughs) daughter. (laughs) Their birthday is right next to each other. I don't know Mm. what she is, though. She basically said that she made up the story about how Bigfoot was killing people. It just wasn't true everyone knew it, but in Sally's defense, it was not her place to say anything. She said that we all knew, but we couldn't stop her. We were brought up in a way where we can't tell our elders that they are wrong. So it basically brings up a huge, like, what if? Who is the liar out of this situation? Is it going to be Sally, who, you know, maybe she's like, she's a little petty bitch. She's jealous of the fame. She wants, <laughs> she wants an article all about herself, too. my cousin's a lying ass hoe and I deserve the full frontal page not her, me or (laughs) is she really telling the truth and her cousin Melania is just like hoeing the people of Alaska by saying like oh all these people died and they really didn't it gets a little tricky I know that Brian Weed is a co-founder of some group in Juno and he does state that there are like over three dozen deaths But when you really look into it, and again, you are talking to me here, so I didn't look that into it. It's kind of hard to, if you do an automatic Google search, search validate the deaths or the missing person cases. You know, like there is a Alaskan like news article. So Alaska, really fun fact, (laughs) is Alaska has a news archive program that's, like, all digital, so if you want to find any kind of, like, random Alaskan news article from, like, 1914 or something like that till, like, present day, they have it archived to where you can, like, go online and look at it. So it it was really cool, and I would flip through it, and I flipped through news articles that were in portlock around that area around that time and i mean they were right there really isn't anything about any kind of deaths there isn't anything about any kind of missing people there isn't anything to validate the death or any of the creepy shit going on until that article in 1973 so is it the people of portlock trying to hide what's going on or is it just that this is a lie and no one really died
1: Yeah, who knows? I mean, indigenous populations in general have a problem with um, their peoples going missing or getting murdered, being taken seriously in the first place, and it's always been like that, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, with your family living on a reservation, you have a really close tie to that, and...
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's across the world, you know. People of color.
0: Yeah. It's not just here, which is super fucking unfortunate, man. And people suck. So that's why it's hard. It's hard to say who's who. Like, either Melania's lying or Sally's lying. One of them is. But it's going to be hard at this point to know the truth. But what you can say is for sure is that Andrew Kamluk, Melania's godfather, actually was slain. So... Out of all of these strange mishappenings, there actually was, and I mean, not only Andrew, there was the guy in Ruby, let me scroll up and get their names, Uh, Albert Petka and John Meyer, two other guys who were alive and well and just died because someone or something had attacked them. So maybe the bodies didn't go up into the lagoon and maybe there weren't missing bodies people going away when they went to go hunting or fishing, but there are still two deaths where people were attacked by something that they say wasn't human and you still have an accidental death. So even if 60% of the story is bullshit, you still have a good 40% where you're just left saying like, what the fuck? Yeah. But even with Sally saying that her cousin was completely lying and not telling the truth about any of the deaths of the Nantinuck, she still doesn't completely deny the existence of this. In fact, she actually goes on to describe an experience that her brother had had where he was out fishing and there was this rather large creature with what he could only describe as, like, a horrid stench and just like when you think of not showering for what was it 58 days
1: 98,
0: 98 days like think of that times a thousand like just wretched stench was the only <laughs> times thing.
1: three 365 a year
0: for 425 a life wait, wait. <laughs> just bad so yeah <laughs> so just imagine like the worst Stench that you've ever smelled, times a million. It was just really bad. Sees this really bad smelling creature, and f- for whatever reason, says that like it looked like it was part human. Like this wasn't a bear, this wasn't some kind of animal, this was something that looked like it had some kind of human characteristic to it. So just really weird, freaky shit going on. Yikes. So you have all this going on, and kind of, like, after the article with Sally, everything kind of dies off. You don't really hear anything else about it. Um, And really, the people of Portlock, or after the people of Portlock leave, no one dares to return. I mean, even people who are somewhat interested in it, obviously you have a lot of YouTubers wanting to go out there. You have a lot of, like... People wanting to get famous, trying to find the creature of Portlock. There are plenty of videos on Amazon and whatnot, but it's a really rare handful that you see actually try to go out, and really the people that do go to Portlock become stuck there due to unfortunate circumstances. Uh, So you have, like, groups of fishermen that were said to have been caught in a storm, and they had to make do with the land of Portlock, and as soon as they get off their boats and they're, like, ready to make camp near the tree lines, they see a huge creature, and they just decide, you know, fuck that, and turn right around and, like, go back out into the storm. They minded
1: their damn business.
0: (laughs) They minded their damn business, and they stayed the fuck away, which is, hello, learn a lesson from them. That's the best thing to do. Uh, So really... The last story I was able to find of Portlock came from a guy named Ed. He wanted to stay anonymous, so take that with a grain of salt. This was posted on a blog online on the internet. You know how the internet is. She's sometimes sketchy. But he did Hmm. say that he was working as a paramedic in 1990 in Anchorage, and he had received a call from a man having a heart attack in the estate jail in Eagle River. Mind you, like, I think the jail called him, not the man, but... Details. So the guy was a native in his 70s. And once Ed was able to get him stabilized, he began to transport him over to the native hospital in Anchorage. And over there on the way to the hospital, obviously, Ed and this older man are trying to make small talk, just trying to get him calm, get through the ride a little easier. And that's when they find that they have a common interest of hunting. So they begin talking about hunting, you know, where have you hunted? What kind of game have you caught? Did I just use that right? Am I well-versed? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah? I think you got it.
0: I think I did too. Yeah. Don't tell me if I'm wrong. I don't want to (laughs) know. Just let me think that I'm right.
1: No. I've never been hunting. I've gone to hunting leases to party.
0: You know I was just over I was just over in uh, Austin, and there is this huge house that it literally looks like an amusement park when you walk up. There is a giraffe, like a real sized bronze statue of a giraffe in front of this huge ass mansion. And when we looked it up, we were like, there's no way that that's a legit house. So we Googled it and it is a legit house. And it's to this dude who owns a lot of like exotic pets, I guess, like exotic Mm. birds and all this crazy shit. We were like, damn, does he offer like tours and whatnot? And it was like, no, the guy just lives there, and apparently the neighbors are real pissed because those birds <laughs> yeah. are real fucking loud. But I this, can imagine. It was insane. Like the statue alone probably cost more than my house. I mean, probably not. It was maybe like ten thousand, twenty thousand, but still, a fucking probably big more. ass bronze statue. Yeah, probably more. I don't. I'm not rich. I don't know these things, but it was huge. Oh no, just God. from an
1: artist standpoint. Of- Standpoint, yeah. Not that I'm. From my accounting. Artists in any means, but from
0: my accounting standpoint, I would say. Fifty thousand dollars times present value, carry over the future <laughs> time value. My it's head weird. just
1: spun backwards and back around.
0: Good because none of that was real, so it should okay. have. <laughs>
1: even if it was it would do the same it would make me glitch okay
0: sorry alcohol is important right now the podcast yeah is not... <laughs> sorry alcohol is more important than talking on this podcast so we are back to dogfish bay ed is hunting he's not hunting but the old man and him are talking about hunting in dogfish bay <laughs> And so all of a sudden, as soon as Ed mentions that, yes, in fact, he, no, we were talking about game. Okay. So they're talking about hunting and Ed says that he actually had been hunting near Dogfish Bay. And as soon as Ed says Dogfish Bay, this old man, even though he's like in the middle of a heart attack, fucking shoots (laughs) right up, is like, what did you just say? And then grabs Ed by the front of his shirt, looks him right in the face, and just looks him right in the face and says, did it bother you? And as soon as the old man says this, Ed's hair on the back of his neck just, just goes straight up. And the only words that Ed can gasp out is yes. And then the old man goes, did you see it? <gasps> And then Ed replies, no. But then he goes, but did you see it? And then the old man goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a brother that done seen it. And guess mm. what? It even chased him. And then wow. Ed goes, wow. <laughs> Wow. Intense. Intense. But then later on on in the article, uh, Ed kind of describes, I guess, like, his experience with the creature. And this is what I was reading when I was high on life. Because high I live on in Texas, and the only thing we get high off of is life in this state. And so... Texas. Texas. I started to get a little (laughs) nervous. So I was... Now, now I say now the year was 1973 and the month was of August. So, it
1: was was it
0: it? it? it was
1: because that month is important that month of that same year is important for my story, my next. Story. <gasps> so this is concurrent.
0: Ooh, so it's... you you best stay. Now I say you best stay tuned. For next week, er, <laughs> for Friday's episode, <laughs> stay tuned to find out for more for part two. So it was <laughs> August of 1973 and Ed and two of his other buddies decided to go out bow hunting for goats and blackies, which I assumed was black bears, not hunters, so I really don't know. Uh, when all of a sudden a a storm forced them to take shelter out in Dogfish Bay Lagoon. They had not planned on staying the night camping over, so all Ed had with him was a uh, green canvas tent and a little center pole to prop it up on. Hmm. And so he props up his tent, they get a little fire going, they eat some dinner clean their plate so no black bears will come and get them and they just settle in for the night they relaxing no no big deal they're just going to sit (laughs) out the storm super
1: relaxing
0: (laughs) honestly it sounds like a camping trick that we took to austin a couple of years ago (laughs) (laughs) like where
1: where our tent broke and it was like drizzling i was
0: even gonna say i think one of our tents are green Yeah. Remember, we used to go, in a, we legit used to go camping in a one-person, it's a junior-sized one-person <laughs> tent, and Sarah, Sarah whips this thing out, and she goes, oh, me and my daddy sleep in this all the time, <laughs> and I'm like... I gotta, I gotta crumple my feet up. Just, just sit in this all the way. We're gonna sleep in this for the night. So, it's me and Sarah in our little dark green <laughs> canvas tent. <laughs> That's meant for a junior.
1: Gotta start somewhere.
0: Gotta start somewhere. Well, we really did upgrade. Like the next we year, did. the next year we had a really good tent. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: camping memories, so good. <laughs> Well, eventually we'll get out of the camping stories, I promise. It's is we're only episode three in, gotta give us a sec, but.
1: Spillage! Whoops! So, after they have
0: dinner. <laughs> 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 you do not tell the audience what happens during our break time. <laughs> during our alcohol sip time. Maybe
1: y'all get to, s- y'all... Y'all, that's Texan for you will you all. all. You <laughs> all. You will all.
0: <laughs> you Y'all will all.
1: Y'all see in the future. <laughs> Hopefully,
0: if you ever see our videos, tell your friends about us, and maybe you'll get to see <laughs> us live on the TV. <laughs> mm. So <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so after going to sleep. They're in snooze town, all is quiet, just aside from some mild howling winds. Little. So it's around 2 a.m. when Ed is suddenly woken up by one of his hunting companions, Dennis. And Dennis tells him that he hears someone walking right outside of the tent. Mm. So as soon as Ed hears this, his heart fucking drops. And he does that little thing where it's like, you know, you're in the car and you're trying to get directions to the place. So you turn the volume all the way down to make yourself direct better visually. So he does that, but with his ears. So he turns his little eye vision down and he makes his ear volume mm-hmm. all the way up. And he is listening <laughs> and he hears what, like, you know. <laughs> That face. He can uh, hear what only sounds like two feet. So he, in his mind, he's like, it can't be a bear. This isn't something that's on four feet. It's up, walking bipedally. Not walking. Good one. Yeah.
1: A biped. Biped.
0: Learned yeah. that in college. Yeah, good <laughs> shit. <laughs> so he's not walking, but rather he's creeping around the tent. Until he yeah. makes
1: a full circle. Big, I mean, big, slow, heavy,
0: creepy 18 creeps. inch but steps. <laughs> and you know what they say about big feet. Big problems. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Unless it was a Miss Bigfoot.
0: And then you know what they say about big titties. <laughs> no personality. <Big> oh. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. Uh, You can tell this is a small itty-bitty community (laughs) hosting this podcast, so. (laughs) But that's all that happens for the first night, at least how I read it. Uh, So, yeah, that's all that happens the first night. Bigfoot's a creep. Yeah. He's creepy. He's wondering if he can sneak in and grab some panties he wants to know what's up. <laughs> so that's all that happens for the first night. The second night, they're kind of like doing that. <laughs> Bro, yeah, that was some like, oh, you were scared. You were scared. Nah, nah. You were scared. <laughs> I, I wasn't scared. You weren't scared. I was scared. No, oh, no. No, was I scared? Nah, you were scared. They're doing that shit. And they kind of end up like, yeah, no, I'm not scared. But uh, let's leave the pistol locked and loaded and a flashlight in between us while we go to sleep. And they're like, huh, yeah, I'm not scared, but that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. So they do just that. And they decide to go back to sleep. And they end up dozing off. But then Ed is woken again by Dennis squeezing his leg. And when he goes to check his little watch, it's 2.30. So around the same time as the night before. And as soon as he looks up to kind of, like, get his bearings on what's going on... He looks up and sees the third companion, Joe, is actually already awake and has his rifle in hand and is, like, ready to fucking go out guns blazing, shoot whatever is out there. Blast off. Yeah. So, it was then when he kind of, like, sees the gravity of the situation, Ed hears his step that he says could not have been more than ten feet away from the tent. So,
1: I don't know how you can hear what 10 feet is. I just suck so bad at that.
0: Like, he's a hunter, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, like, bro, you're just saying this to get chicks.
1: Well, I can only, like, try to comprehend. It's
0: crazy shit. And again, yeah, so it's- he said that it sounded like it was on two feet. Don't know how we can- well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Because then if you're walking one paw at a time, then it could easily be a mistake for two feet. I don't know. But it mm-hmm. took step after agonizing step until it completed the same half circle. There, like- chilling well they're not chilling they're fucking terrified so they're there for hours and they're like what the fuck do we do man what's the right move if we go out there are we gonna die what's gonna go on what's gonna happen so finally they're like fuck it enough is enough you're a little bitch no you're a little bitch no (laughs) you're a little bitch and finally (laughs) the one that drew littlest bitch went guns blazing out but he didn't find anything Brought a flashlight out with them. They looked around. They couldn't find anything. They couldn't even find tracks. So it was kind of like a mystery, I guess, as to what... Yeah, so... I don't know. It's mm. This is also around the same year that I found the other story of the three gentlemen going hunting and then seeing a big creature in the tree line and then disappearing. I'm not going to speculate and say that this is the same group. But it may be the same group, just exaggerating mm-hmm. their experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say. But I will say that there's a lot of correlating timelines to make me think that maybe some of this is not true. But it all just depends. It's, uh, I'm ruining it. it it's fine. It adds up. Yeah, yeah, it adds up. But so, then also,
1: if it were like diving deep into the Bigfoot. Why not just separate them?
0: Yeah. I don't know. It. I don't know. There are a lot of. There are a lot of questions. So by the third night. They are basically like. Fuck it. We're done doing this. If this guy decides to come into our site. To come into our camp. Mess with our shit. We are going to go out. and We're going to fuck his world up. And... Then nothing happens, and they get a break in the <laughs> storm, then they leave, and the end, wow. that's how it ends. Yeah, so it's, it's all kind of, I don't know, it's, he said, she said. It's a lot of he said, she said, there's a lot of, um, really fucked up stories, but then you have people saying, oh, it's not as fucked up as you believe, it's maybe made up, you have maybe one or two. You have, like, two or three murders that can for sure be counted for. But other than that, like, that is Portlock. Hi, welcome to the end of this podcast. That is Portlock, Alaska. And the big hairy Bush man that terrorizes it. But does he terrorize it? I mean... Yeah. At the end of the day, you do have Andrew. You do have uh, whatever his name is. All of those guys. Albert. You have that other dude. So you have a couple of people that did die in mysterious circumstances. So something did happen there, regardless of if you believe the three dozen people that went murdered or missing or whatever on top of that. There is still two or three murders that legit can be accounted for, really did happen, and there's no explanation to it. And at the end of the day, there is still a town that decided this shit is too scary. I'm going to leave. So how are you to say that those body parts didn't end up washing up to that part of... Like, something so traumatic must have happened for an entire town. We're not just talking one or two people or a family or maybe half the town. You're saying an entire town... Just decided one day to up and leave. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about... People actually... This isn't some kind of folklore where it's like, oh, so-and-so supposedly died. Like, you do have actual deaths that happen. And on top of that, you have a a full-ass town that decided something was so terrifying Everybody in that town had to leave, but they left a yeah. poor postman to fend for himself, basically, essentially, and just like that's
1: crazy because usually a town fully evacuates because of a natural disaster of some sort or some kind of um, nuclear disaster, yeah, not because so. of some kind of s- mysterious bushman.
0: And it's like the only way to leave that town is through a boat or bush plane, which Mm. I'm like all dirty jokes aside. I don't believe a bush plane is very large, so no, they either all had to get on like one huge boat or like just unless helicopters
1: were a thing.
0: Yeah, I well yeah, a plane, helicopter. No, those are different. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's all sketchy. Like, I, uh, <laughs> reading this, the horror lover in me wants to believe everything, but obviously the skeptical person in me that, like, is able to put me to sleep at night by saying all of this shit is bullshit, like, there are some points in this case where I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Like, I, I doubt it. But at the end oh of my the day- gosh. Huh.
1: If anybody out there has any kind of personal stories or attachments to people with stories regarding a Bigfoot or Bushman
0: or a Sasquatch, or alien, email us. Or literally anything in general, yes. Email us. Let us know. Please. So... If you live in Alaska and you have a Bigfoot story, I need to hear about it. I need to hear about it yesterday.
1: Because, you know, like, a lot of the Bigfoot and Sasquatch stories I've heard have not been in Alaska, that's for sure. So, this is the first Alaskan Bigfoot story I've heard, which is cool.
0: That's so wild because, I mean, honestly, like, I'm, I'm just not a Bigfoot lover. It's, maybe it's a shame that I'm doing this case, I don't know, but it caught my interest so much when I heard it because I am such a big disbeliever when I read this. I was like, wait, okay, so is there a Sasquatch looking at me through my slit holes in my window? Like, I need to know because I'm actually terrified. I had dreams that a big hairy creature killed me. That Mm -hmm. is how, like, in my brain I was about this actually happening. And I only thought that maybe it happened in Alaska. But I know that photo... Wasn't taken in Alaska, so I mean, obviously, no, I'm pretty I... sure it
1: was Northern California. But yeah,
0: wrong. I'm pretty sure it was California. But I just—it's good yeah. that
1: it piqued your interest, though, because having a different view of things, you know, you have the pot- potential to learn things and maybe have it change your view or just have it leave you with more questions. It so
0: for sure, left me with more questions. Yeah. I when. I'm 90 and wrinkly and crusty and dusty and just ready to (laughs) poof on into the world. (gasps) Y'all, this is my, this is my vocal will. I am telling y'all, I, when I'm still alive, I want to be taken into Portlock, Alaska. Take me in in a little bush plane. And you drop me off and you say, (laughs) bye. (laughs) Bye. You leave me with a pound of weed and some wrapping papers, and I Probably think... want some
1: pre-rolls.
0: Oh, okay, okay, pre-roll it for me. You know what? Just make it easier. Give me some fucking dabs. I need some strong shit. You give me some little dab pens or some edibles. You put me on my way. You just <laughs> put me up on, like, a thousand milligrams of some edibles. You send me out into the forest, and you say... Okay, Grandma Kristen, you go and you find out what it is in those big bed forests. And I'll be like, what, Alaskan bullworm? What were you just saying? But it's fine and dandy because as long as it kills me, you know, I'm going to be too fucking high to realize what's going on. So,
1: Grandma Kristen won with the Bigfoot. (laughs) Look at my socks.
0: <gasps> it's a ghost
1: <laughs> hi ghosties they have ghosts on them
0: you should charge extra for that foot porn
1: right oh my ghostly sock mm. foot mm. pay my rent please
0: pay my rent ghostly sock foot <laughs> okay so... I think that is all of the drunk ramblings that your ears need for the night or morning, depending on which unfortunate hour you decided to click on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> should I stop being so negative? <laughs> Maybe I should start being positive Good night, good morning, good night, good morning. This was a lovely podcast for you to tune into, and I'm so glad that you enjoyed it so <laughs> It was just so fucking great, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is your host Kristen,
1: and your other host sarah thank you so i'm so sorry thank you so sorry but until next time this has been red rum and red wine
0: bye <laughs> <laughs>